You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Cariña Hicimos Un Disney Podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we're not sure if we want to leave our hearts in San Francisco as we review Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. But first, Eddie, tell us in English how you and the family are doing. (laughs) Uh, we're doing well. We, um, celebrated Ellie's first birthday just a few weeks ago. Awesome. And there's something about, um, crossing that one year mark where like all of a sudden just like personality starts flooding out. That's what we've seen with both of our kids so far. And what is funny is now she wants to participate in, like the times that Lewis and I wrestle. Oh, but it's so funny because she'll just kind of have like this, like mischievous look on her face. Like, yep. Mm, yep. I'm going to go. Um, and then, you know, she's smacking and hitting and trying to wrestle and everything. But then like the second she's, you know, like, Oh, I'm uncomfortable or, Oh, you've kind of hurt me or something like that. It's like, ah, you know, no, yep. mm-hmm. you shouldn't do this to me. They want to be a part of it so bad. Want to be a part of it, but then when you are, it's like, oh, no, now too much, too much. Too too much, much. too much, too much. Yep, you cross the line too quickly with them. It's hard to know. It's hard to gauge that. When did you guys start seeing full personality start to really come out? One is a good time. I think one, I, I mean, she was starting to have more. I mean, she's always kind of had a little bit more of a, strong-headedness um to her and have very specific opinions pretty quickly but yeah i would say probably one is when uh whenever they start learning to laugh for sure that's when yeah. they that you can see what actually makes them laugh and what's funny to them that's a big turning point but one when they start getting mobile and they start can start choosing things or yep. uh choose when they start getting uh solid food and start getting to choose the food that they like or not that's just when it all starts going downhill from there mobility and preferences mm-hmm. mobility and preferences i would i would agree to that it's because uh we now will be like where's ellie we can't find her anywhere and then she's crawled herself into the corner of some room and she's like destroying something ripping pages out of a book or whatever and yep um you know we'll put food in front of her and she's like eh. Uh, I don't really, I don't really care for that. Just wait till they can choose their own movies. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the next, that's a nut. That's a new phase. We, so. we are not there uh, with her. Lewis, he is constantly saying what he wants to watch or not watch. And he's always on a rotation, right? Between um, Bluey um Bluey, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and his new thing is we let him watch a couple of like Disney vloggers, and he calls it Disney Pool because like the episode we watched, they were like staying at a Disney hotel and yeah. like going yep. to the pool or whatever. So now it's like I watch Disney Pool, I watch Disney Pool, 
Like, yeah, no, like that's not going to be a regular part of. Eddie, there's a, there's one you're you're not thinking about that you it's probably good for you to hold this off as long as possible. And it's for some people, the bane of their existence, and sometimes they're fine with it. But it's when they come across videos of of people playing with toys. Just cars doing a whole construction site. So we do those for Thomas because there's like people who have created their own episodes of Thomas the Tank Engine, but with their own toy tracks. And that I kind of tolerate because that's okay because it's basically what we grew up with was the same thing. Right. I mean, they're doing voices. They're doing sound production. I mean, this is there. There's some channel. You can see the fishing line pulling the train along, but. There's some that that that's creative and that's like right. I, I'm appreciative of that. No, I'm talking about when it's just some random hand like showing how a dump truck goes through the gravel and stuff like that. But they all use the same track, and it's so annoying. And we we found that my son would actually have a bad attitude after watching watching some of it, and then we turn it off, and he would have so we had to just stop. We don't we really don't watch YouTube with him very much at all anymore because he yeah. was having such a bad attitude. But yeah. It's a fun, that's a fun, that's a fun zone. It is a great zone. Watching, instead of playing with toys, watching kids play with toys. That's a... Yeah. It's like um, those who watch people play video games. That I don't... (laughs) Same, same energy right there. Don't get it. Like, (laughs) I don't even want to play the video games, let alone watch somebody play them, so... I thought yes. I wanted. I thought I wanted to get into video games again, and I just lost interest so quickly. Not, I mean, that's so unlike me, but I just lost. I lost so much. I'm done. You're done. I was done. I just sold <laughs> Zelda this week because I never played it. Breath of the Wild. I was never playing it. Basically, the the Switch I got for my birthday last year is my son's now. So, yeah, and I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. I yeah, I just can't get into gaming in on any level. I um. Because I already had a couple of like Apple subscription things, yeah. it was cheaper to go over to the whole Apple One plan, which comes with everything. The arcade. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I've got arcade. Let me see if there's some fun games or whatever. I'm the guy who has Sudoku on my phone, not a cool game. And I'm just like <laughs> trying to solve the puzzle. That's that's the extent of my gaming is Sudoku. But that's not what we're here for. No, what not, Disney nowhere. news do we have? Uh, we uh, had to wait an extra week because we wanted to talk about 1996 last week. Uh, but last week, dro- or the week before, dropped uh, the new Pixar film, Luca. Uh, and I, I was so sad, Eddie, when you when you dropped the bomb on me that that wasn't going to be in theaters. I think it was l- not live, but I think it was on the show. Uh, a month or two ago when I had my whole laundry list of movies I was ready to go see in theaters and I didn't realize Luca was not going to be coming to theaters and it was sad. And I don't know what it was. I I would have loved to have seen this one oh, on yeah. theaters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. That was disappointing. And I don't understand why they dropped the Pixar movies into yeah. Disney+. Plus. And then they gave the Disney animation movies theatrical with premier access release. Well, it, I 
Yes, that's the part because I've seen some rationale for why they moved uh, those Pixar movies over to Disney Plus. It, and some of it makes sense in the sense of Onward had already come out. It was already sure. had had a one week, two week release, and then it got pulled because all the theaters shut down. So that makes sense. Hey, we're not going to charge people for this. This is kind of crazy. Let's just go for it. Let's just go ahead and put it on Disney Plus early. Um, and my wife was very excited about that because she loves Onward. But then, so we get Soul, and we, I don't know if we had had, uh, we'd had other Disney movies go directly, like Mulan went directly to, um, or maybe that but was- Mulan had done the premiere access. Yes, yeah, so they did the premiere access, and for some odd reason, they decided to go Soul just straight, it. maybe it was they were trying to make it a Christmas present, I don't know, but- Because it dropped on Christmas Day. Dropped yeah. Christmas yeah. Day, and so maybe they're thinking, oh, we'll get everyone to to engage with uh, Disney Plus uh, over the holidays. Uh, but it was still so. Then we had other films, Raya and the Last Dragon. It went uh, premiere access, and then they did it again with Luca. And I I understand going digital because I didn't know people were going to be back in theaters yet. We're only now just after Fast Nine coming out are seeing the real resurgence of like it made seventy million this weekend. Which for for um, during this pandemic era, post pandemic era, whatever I don't know if we're still in it or whatever. Uh, it is a lot, but then to go like. Why didn't you do that premiere access? I don't, not that I'm glad because now I got to see it. I just see it for free. I would have been able to see it in theaters. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they're, because it is just Pixar that they're doing this with. Yeah. It is interesting to see that the, the theater comeback is going much slower than I thought it was going to. Oh yeah. Um, like in the Heights, everybody thought like, oh, this will be a movie, pull everybody out, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, a, a musical like that. And it was and great it to did, see in theaters. I would highly it was amazing. Yeah, I was really glad I saw that in theaters, but it didn't draw the people like no. like they thought it was. Uh, it sounds, I mean, Fast and the Furious, that's a big draw. You've got um, Black Widow next weekend, I wonder, but that's also going to be premier access as two well. Two weekends, two be- like, oh, I guess you're probably saying next weekend, but we're, we're not meaning this. We're like 10 days away, 10 away, 10 yes. days away from it. Yes. From so that's kind of where, uh, I don't know. I'm glad because um, I thought this was such a, a sh- Luca was, um, I enjoyed Soul. I know you did not. But this was very much a just a totally different road than yep. than Soul because I felt like Luca was just such a s- simple story, yep. like not overcomplicated, and not even comparing it to Soul, just comparing it to movies in general. Everything feels so contrived and yep. complicated. This was just a simple story. Let me tell a story about some friends. A summer story. That had the, uh, this incredible summer. And the animation was beautiful. It was the, a little claymation-y. It wasn't like pure claymation-y, yeah. but it, was, it had that like it vibe shot a, to the It shot the sheep feel to mm-hmm. it. To some For degree, sure. Yeah. Um. But that I I don't know. Like I just walked away going, oh, this was refreshing. It just felt refreshing. I don't know. It was still you. and it was still new. It was a different place than we've been to a ton. This uh yeah. this uh, Italian Riviera seaside cottage mm-hmm. area. We've got the uh, the fun nature of having uh these 
sea sea monsters and they didn't really tell, give us a ton about what exactly they were or anything like that just sea monsters in general a new yeah, new twist you just kind of assumed like oh yeah of course there's sea monsters just sea monsters not like there's not like oh this is a specific kind of sea monster or like cousins of the loch ness monster or something like that yeah. it's just like just sea monsters and oh by the way they can change into humans when uh they get into the to the air and it's like that's all we needed right I, uh, I, I'll have to tell you, I cried rather hard at the end of the movie. Oh, you did? At what point? Yeah. It was the moment that, um, and now I'm forgetting their names. What are the two boys' names? Alberto and... Luca. Luke, oh gosh, yes. (laughs) I'm awful. (laughs) No, but when when um, when Alberto is on the train station platform and he is just cheering for his friend. Yep. And like just, you know, go, go. This is you. Go get it. You know, all of that. Like to me, that is such a beautiful picture of friendship. Yep. That it's, um, yeah, you're not always going to be see eye to eye. There's going to be moments where you get in trouble together. There's going to be moments where you drive each other nuts and you want to kill the other person. But at the end of the day, friendship is cheering the other person on to go get whatever they're trying to get Mm -hmm. in life. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The second he started cheering, I lost it. I lost it. That's funny. And Sarah, um, she cries at everything right now because she's very pregnant. Um, so she's crying. So here's the two of us sitting down here crying and Lewis is looking at us going, what are you guys? What's wrong? wrong? What's going on? What? This isn't sad. This isn't sad. Um, but yeah, cause I don't know. I, yeah, it was just such a beautiful picture of friendship for me. I liked the villain in this. I was very, I was, I was very, uh, the, the bike rider character kid. He was yeah. annoying. He was annoying. He was, an, he was annoying in all the ways you want a, a villain to be and to all the way he rode his bike, even when his, his butt way up in the air just made me, yes, this is the type of person that I want to hate right now. I enjoyed that the the their friend oh man i'm i can't i'm having a hard time i should have had this pulled up right now but the red hair friend she was so endearing loved her loved her spunk and uh even like the shape of her like uh triangle hair and stuff like that that kind of made you feel like this is more that claymation type of world um the dad the dad like how he goes from being this very menacing character with one arm to he's like when Alberto doesn't come back, he goes out to look for Alberto. It's like he's adopted this kid as his own son. And then the fact that they take over at the end uh, when Luca and him part ways is just like, it's so, it's so beautiful. And he's like there to cheer, like to fully embrace them at the fun finish line. I love that. Yeah. It, the, um, the Luca's parents, um, <laughs> Of course, played by Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan, yeah. Um, and then the uncle, played by Sosha Barra Conan, 
which had this special scene at the end of the movie because apparently he just gave so much amazing content during his session that they were like, okay, we've got to do something with this. So you know what? I don't uh, know if I've seen it. The scene at the end? The scene at the very end. No, did I? Did I see it's it? It's like it's after the credits. What happened in it? Well, you gotta watch it. You're gonna make me Did you it. watch the credits? I don't remember much. Okay, so go back and just sit oh, no, no, and no, no, watch no, no. the credits. I have seen the credits because it kind of tells the story of what yes. happens to Afterwards, everybody. But just and in pictures. You've got yeah. the two families together under yes. the ocean and above the... Yeah, no, yeah. I remember that. I just and don't then, remember if I, if I remember what happened with the uncle. Because it's know. down... Like, you go visit the uncle, like, down in the depths of the sea... Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go watch after this. Totally random. It's not going to change your life. It's just like okay. There was another Thank movie you. I watched recently where I was like, I never saw this cutscene at the very mm-hmm. end of the movie, and I, I'm I can't think of it right now what it was, but um, still one of my favorites is the cutscene on Moana where he's still laying on his back, the 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 turtle or at whatever, the yeah, the crab, the, the crab at the very very end. That's still one of my favorites. Yeah. No, I just, I, again, I go back to this is just such a straightforward, simple story, but that was told just so powerfully. It was just very moving. And the, the uh, most emotional part for me, I didn't cry at it. I thought the overall movie was very cute and very like fun, but I didn't get like super emotional, but I did like kind of have a little of my breath, like a little bit. <gasps> no, um, was at uh, when he, when he, when Luca points at him and says, sea monster, sea monster, and just breaks yes. that, breaks yes. his friendship, and his friend literally just dumbstruck at what just happened. Um, I definitely was like, oh, no. Like, that was the most emotional part for me, I think. Yeah, that was. Well, and it, it, because it was such an honest telling it did, of yeah. friendship, right? Like, that, I think most friends have those kind of moments where you, you feel like the other person wasn't there for you, yep. but then the, when they come back and restore that, and then the friendship somehow is stronger as a result of it. But. Like all the times you asked me to come to Chicago and I never came to visit you in Chicago, but I did go <laughs> to Mexico with you in 2012. That's when I and restored went the camping and, and went, went camping, camping and stayed out under the monkeys and almost killed myself doing that so yeah i was i was funny as i almost said like but you've never betrayed me jb no <laughs> never never visiting you in chicago you will still never let me let that's let true that down. that's true now i um i i uh we went back and watched La Luna. I don't know if the the short, the Pixar short La yep. Luna. This is the same director and writer of that okay. short. Well, that's kind of um, what they do. They kind of give you a short to work on, and then when you show, you, you have your abilities gradually move and grow up. up. But yeah, I I um again original. I this is like the Pixar that I really enjoy. Like. Tell me a story that I didn't even know that I really wanted to see. Tell me, tell me something I didn't know I wanted to, to know, but now I right like, that. and I guess it's because we are so dominated by sequels, sequels and yep. franchises and reinterpretations mm-hmm. and this that and the other. It's there is something really refreshing about 
just a simple, totally original story. Yep. Yep. And it's clever. It's got its funny moments. Um, I loved that the two old ladies were sea monsters all along. Like when that little <laughs> reveal happens at the end, it's like so good. Probably should have put something about spoilers earlier in this. Like people listen to it. Probably, probably. That's the other thing is it's such a straightforward story. I don't think anything we would say would spoil the movie. It's still a good ride. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of what I mean by simple is I think so many movies now want to try and have that surprise or gotcha moment or like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they did that. Like, and you're trying so hard that it just feels like you're trying. To some degree, this is why I really liked uh, the Black Panther movie because we had come from a world of the entire galaxy is going to be destroyed if we mm-hmm. don't get these magic stones and all this craziness and everything like that. You are so right. And Black Panther really was mano a mano, one dude who strips all of his powers away versus yeah. one other dude, and they just go at it. And those that 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 first fight scene, and then you got the second one, and then you got the third. Like it, it, it was so vulnerable, and I, they're standing at the edge of a cliff of a waterfall, and they're just fighting hand to hand combat with like very ritualistic swords and stuff like that. I think that's what I loved about Black Panther was it made it so vulnerable, and it wasn't the entire galaxy is at stake mm-hmm. in every last thing. And I have to use 13 special powers and go into the multiverse and change time and and all of these different craziness. It's just like overloaded. It was just like one dude versus another dude. And that's what I loved about it. I know there's a lot of other people who have other opinions about it, but that's what I this that's what reminds me as you're talking about about Luca being a very simple story. That's what I think of. I, I wouldn't have put that together on my own, but you're totally right. There is, I think that's why for me, blank. Black Panther is I'm glad like it got nominated for best picture because I feel like story wise, like just film wise, it's, it's one of the strongest of all of the Marvel movies, if not the strongest, just from a storytelling perspective. Yep. So, so yeah, so we hopefully would- more simple, straightforward movies. Yeah. I, and and not that I don't like the kind of really trying and creative and all of that. It's just when they're all trying to do that, yep. then none of them seem special anymore. If all of them are special, none of them are special, Eddie. Right. Um, you know, then then I don't have my... I mean, it goes back to like M. Night Shyamalan, right? Like everybody was like, he's the gotcha guy. And it felt like every movie had, had to, to be that gotcha, way. Yeah. And then he hits Lady in the Water, and everybody's like, "But where's the where's the gotcha? Oh, what's it? You know?" And they hated it or disappointed, and it's like, "No, that's not the movie he was making at all." I, whenever I think of Lady in the Water, I always think of the character that worked out his biceps on one yes. side of his body more than yes. the other. I'm just like, that's just such the most random character that you could have <laughs> could have chosen here. But speaking of speaking of original stories and sequels, I think that's a great segue into today's. Uh, Today's episode that we're talking about, or what we were really <laughs> supposed to be talking about, but probably going to enjoy talking about Luca more than what this movie is. We are here to uh, do some more uh, dog dog films, some new, um, some more animal 
animal adventures. As Is that what Buddy calls it? Dog, call dog, dog dogs. Well, he just calls dog all dogs. dogs dog dogs. It's dog that's dogs. just what's going to be until he's eighteen, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so today, uh, as the title on this episode calls calls for it. Uh, we are going to be reviewing uh, the sequel to the first one. This is Homeward Bound 2 Lost in San Francisco. Cue the Disney-ish sound effect. I just had to laugh so much because you're... The sequel, come back. Here we go. A repeat of before. Homer bound we just, to. We just set it up so well going from Luca into this. <laughs> that I, I have the, and, and you know what? Like, I wonder how they're going to review this movie. I wonder now. what. Cats out, mm, cats out of the bag on this thinking. one. Oh! Because I feel like the dad in this film. When he when he is like, no, we don't have to end vacation. I'll go back and find the dogs. No, or the very beginning of the movie when he says, "Isn't it a bit much that we fly three dogs all the way across the country just for a camping trip?" Yes, this yes, is, it is a bit much. That YouTube channel, how it should have ended, <laughs> like this that that's how this would have been. That the, they've been like, yeah, you're right. Let's not fly animals just to go camping. Yeah. And then it would have been done. But no, we are here to give you uh, the adventure of Homeward Bound <laughs> to Lost in San Francisco by first starting with the IMD description. So let's uh, let's start there. OK, I'm going to get some more energy. OK, let me just stretch out a little bit. OK, <laughs> OK, sweet. Let's do this. I love that you're, you're stretched out. I was just like, uh, uh. <laughs> if you this can is- see us on YouTube right now, it's. If you're it was not a stretch it out, okay? If, it if was you're a, on, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you should first of all go to YouTube and subscribe because we need subscribers. Uh, but then look at my half-hearted attempt to stretch without moving my arms. Maybe a two percent rotation of your head. Yes, at best. maybe there was a little bit of uh, <laughs> neck action, a little bit. But anyways, <laughs> well, I digress. Here, let's talk about IMDb. IMDb. When adventurous pets chance shadow and sassy are accidentally separated from their vacationing owners, they're left to fend for themselves in the mean streets of San Francisco in search for the golden bridge that will take them home. I almost said vaccinated owners. (laughs) I was so close to saying vaccinated owners. I was like, vacationing owners. Well, nowadays, you know, you've got to be vaccinated to vacation, right? No. Oh, uh, goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of this could have been said uh, about the first one up until the, you get to the uh, streets. Of, like, you could have just said, when Ventress Pat's chats are accidentally separated from their vacation. Yeah. That, that's the same, the same plot, whatever. No, it is the uh, more or less the same plot as before. And, um, and there's a couple of times that they lean into it. Like when he's getting stuck under the fence, he's saying, why is this always happening to me? Like they're kind of nodding to the fact that they just rinse mm-hmm. repeated mm-hmm. this, but they made it in San Francisco. They made it in San Francisco. And then I felt like they were trying really hard to try and create some added drama to it all. Right. So we've got the love story, oh, which yeah. is just, weird like 
I feel weird watching this. Why do you feel weird watching I don't know. Like, I felt it more in this movie than I did with the original. But I, I, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, one, I like that they're using real dogs. Okay, that's cool. Two, I like that they're not trying to, like, make the mouths of the dogs move like they do that. But at the same time, do they communicate telepathically? Are these all telepathic dogs? Like, how do they hear or know what the other dog is thinking? Because they're not, they're not communicating it. There's nothing, you know, there's no projection whatsoever. So this has to all, so all I could think about the whole time I'm watching this is like, this is, these are all telepathic dogs. (laughs) And then on top of it, you've got these, this like weird, like love story. And it's like, I don't know. Just it was it was way too much. Like we're complimenting how cute dogs butts are like really. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like that was just that was just weird to watch. I wasn't wasn't weirded out personally by the love story. I thought it was an attempt to try to make it more endearing. Chance is the most um, annoying, one of the most annoying characters on the planet. Um, (laughs) So. To make him somewhat more grounded, I guess that was helpful. Although I think I remember from my from our review of the first one that I was actually more annoyed by Shadow because he was taking them obviously the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, making because I think he was the one that really broke apart in the first one. So this is more chance in this one. Um, I think they're also trying to increase the drama by not just having one set of bad guys, but Two sets of bad the guys. humans and the dog bad guys. Exactly. A rival gang. You can never have enough villains in a movie. Um, just ask Marvel. So, you know, the, the dog bad guys I could have done without. You know, the human bad guys is kind of like, okay, that makes sense. I see, I see where you're going with this and why you're trying to do it, but what do you think of uh, Riley and his pack? Yeah, again, I think they were just like, okay, let's just turn it up. Let's have a lot more. Let's just. And was he in Shadow the exact same dog, but just one was darker? No, I think Riley. It, I can't. I don't know what breed Riley is, but it was they're very different. close. Like very close. Yeah, yeah. They looked a lot alike similar like a cousin breed or something like that and it, they probably were like, both in the retriever class yeah i just thought it was interesting that they picked someone actually riley riley especially when they give the backstory you know who what um other disney character reminded me of who lotso lotso only he doesn't go so he's riley is more the he chooses the good path the good path but lotso obviously went the Far other direction, but that's what I was like. Wow, this sounds a lot like Lotso's story. I wonder if someone on Pixar was just like, "Hey, that's a good idea. Let's go even deeper, even darker (laughs) in there." Um, but uh, I when it first started, I was like, "You know what? I forgot. I forgot how much I love Michael J. Fox's voice." True '90s voice earner right there. Give you that. I'll give you that. In this film, he sounds like he's constantly on an elliptical machine, like just getting Mm -hmm. off of a treadmill or something, as he's voicing chances, chances, uh, things. But it does. It's like makes you happy, 
even if it's an, even if he's being annoying, it makes you happy. It's like you can't I mean, hate him too much. He always has had kind of a uh, an eternal youthful persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even in his battle with Parkinson's, he still has retained so much of that. Of that's crazy. Of that essence and personality. Um, I enjoyed uh, Sally Field. I think she's she is sassy. So she is sassy as uh, uh, voice very well. So um, I don't know. I thought thought that was good, but um, again, I the uh, I think this one was harder because you also had like two obvious teenagers in it, right? And I mean, I'm a dog lover, right? Like yeah. as much as they come, and it just seemed like. A bit much, like love for the dog. <laughs> you weren't, you weren't like, uh, you weren't moved by his emotional speech. But dad, <gasps> we won't have but fun with the dogs lost in San Francisco. We all need. It was some of the worst, some of the worst acting yeah. right there. It's just like this isn't realistic, really. Like one, I'm not paying that much money to fly all the way to Canada. Oh, and I'll pay the fees to fly a dog as well. It's expensive to fly a dog. You would know you flew your dog from, uh, from Mexico, from Mexico. And I'm about to fly another of the dog again. Right. So don't get me wrong. Like I understand flying a dog to be with you, but just for for like a couple of weeks, not Not for for vacation. vacation. No. No, you pay somebody to come watch the dog at your house or whatever. But yeah, I, um, so it made me wonder, like, so particularly Shadow. Let's just let's just put it out there, okay? Shadow's no young pup, okay? <laughs> uh, is the reason why we never got Homeward Bound three is because when the dogs finally past how how do you say die politely when it comes to dogs um like the kids were just like so inconsolable or whatever it was just kind of like oh this is a little too much ugly crying at least in the so at least in the first one i think the reason that even though i didn't love love the first one i don't even remember what i gave it if i gave it a two (laughs) maybe maybe just because of nostalgia the the elements that they were battling in the outdoors gave it such a heightened level of drama, and even even when they get back into the state, back near home, and they and he falls into the pit, yeah, like yeah. there's that. That's the most emotional part is when he's falling into the pit, and you even have chance when he gets hit by the uh, hit by the porcupine. They fall yeah. over the waterfall. It's crazy. Sassy this, gets lost for a little yeah. while. Nor, yeah. But normally the, that level of drama happens in the second film when they're trying to push the envelope even farther. This doesn't feel that great to me. The, no, the, the it just stuff. seemed contrived. Like, oh, the building catches on fire and they've got to <laughs> yeah. like save the kid and the little kitten. Um Oh, we just happened to run into the mean bully dogs again for the fifth um, time. Dear yeah, God, and it's seriously. just like, and there it just didn't seem like a cohesive story. You know the the original one, 
there's an obvious trek. There's, there's a, a literal journey. Path taking it. Yeah. Yeah. This one, it was just kind of like they hung out in San Francisco for yeah. a couple of days and got in some trouble. And then, all right, I'll show you the way. Boom. There it is. Like the only compelling moment is the very end on whether or not is chance dead or not. Yeah. Yep. Well, and then he's waiting for his uh, girlfriend to come back, but you weren't, you weren't really bought into that. Yeah. That was just, again, weird to me. I was y- like, yeah. yeah uh, I don't Eddie, I have this. a confession to make. I didn't totally watch this movie again. I may have fast forwarded that 30 second button, a, a or 10 second button, a ton. I was GBI. like, click, I, click, I, click. Oh, GB. okay. I'll watch this one scene. Okay. Click, 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 click. I have a confession to make. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> so I don't, I guess we can't re- be very uh, impartial judges on whether or not this story was good because we didn't submit ourselves to the filmmakers. It, and I'm not sad about that. <laughs> no, not in the slightest. But I think what, it, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it was too disjointed. It just was too like, and that's what's crazy is like the first one, it's not like going to change your life movie, but it, it it's it's endearing. It's clever. It's got a, you know, a bit of a story to it and everything like this just seemed. This should have gone straight to video like that's what it was. It felt like a straight to, yes, to, to VHS, even though it wasn't. Um, I don't know. How, I, I, all I know is, Eddie, you the dog. You the dog. You didn't have to come out of a burning bird building to get that, but you the dog. You the dog. You the dog. No, there were so many lines in there of with that where I'm just like, uh, cat foo, uh, kung fu cat. She she had a, she kept trying to do something with that. I don't know. It was just, yeah, I was I was fast forwarding as well. I don't know what I thought about the uh, broadcaster dogs at the game when you've got Tommy Lasorda and Al Michaels. That was kind of funny. That was kind of funny. It was like, was it? It it, it felt a lot like what they do in the Cars movies um, where they where they get uh, Daryl Waltrip and it's uh, Daryl Car Trip or whatever. Yeah. For a hot second. Uh, uh, It was clever. It didn't they were anything. trying, but it didn't add anything. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, there's broadcasters in the dog world as well. But then again, are they telepathically broadcasting? You're not going to get off the soapbox until you, until you, until you answer it. Why can't, they, why can't they just speak to each other through their, through their minds? Th- they, that's telepathy. What's, what's that's, wrong with, with telepathy animals? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but could we get some type of definition? Could we get some explanation of like, I, I would love to know how we know that all animals can communicate with each other telepathically. But no, the world will, will, will never know Eddie. We will always wonder, but we will, won't have to ever wonder again is if we have to watch this movie again because we're about to rate this thing and just be done with it. <laughs> You're never going to watch this ever again in your life? I, I'm sure at some point it might come back up at some point when we do this all again in like 10 years. But <laughs> When we do this all again. 
I, I have no, no play. I have no. Yeah. So my, I'm going to go with a solid one on this. I have no desire to watch this again. There was nothing valuable or fun or exciting or nostalgic enough for me to select this movie again. I'm right there with you. It's a one. Um, I do remember seeing this movie as a kid. Um, I didn't remember how bad it was, though. I just was like, oh, yeah, they did two movies, you know? Somehow. Uh, I don't even know how they got, who let them do two of these. Yeah, I need to go back and, like, look at some of the numbers, maybe, but I really don't care enough to actually do that. We're just going to say that Uh, it was a flop at the box office. But, like, was the first one that successful that you pay... Michael J. Fox to come back again. You pay Sally Field to come back again. Yeah. I don't know. I doubt it. Apparently it was. I doubt Apparently, it. But I doubt it as well. So, but there you Eddie, go. Eddie, we will always just, have next week because next week we're actually going to do uh, uh, a more interesting film from a director I think we both enjoy. Uh, next week, uh, next week's film is going to be James and the Giant Peach. So we get a little bit of, this is Tim Burton, right? Is it Tim I Burton? I believe so. Tim Burton uh, with James and the Giant Peach, uh, which this is not our first Tim Burton film that we've done uh, with uh, some other. But we didn't other. treat the last one too well. Yeah, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that, but at least it's interesting. At least like that we've, what we found is that it's got to be either really bad or really good. Like there's got to be something worth fighting over. So we'll see. We'll see how James and the Giant Peach, um, how it tastes after we <laughs> after we consume that film. How um, it tastes. Interesting. But that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to check out all the films that we have done or we are going to be doing, uh, go to honeywemade.com slash movies and see the full list there. But that's it for today. Thanks for listening.